Man, is it thick in here this morning or what? Glory to God. Glory to God. I have notes someplace. Hey, uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you to all of you who wrote a card for Pastor's Appreciation. We are so um, appreciative of all of you. We love you guys. Thank you so, so, so much for every card, uh, for every scripture. I love to just read scriptures and pair them up with the, the name and the face and be like, yeah, I see that. Uh, so that was just a joy uh, to, to see that last week. You guys are awesome, and we love we love pastoring, uh, and uh, I hope you guys, obviously, uh, the appreciation, you guys love us half as much at least, so that is good, so good. Um, I want Stacy, Pastor Stacy, to come up. She had a, a just a, a vision, mental picture during uh, worship, and I want her to just share what she saw uh, before we get into the message today. I also want to just say thank you so much. We were undone last Sunday by just the generosity um, of everyone here, so... Thank you. It yes. blessed us. It actually, we didn't get a chance to do it until later that night. We kind of had a tough day, and um, you guys blessed us so much. Our church family is everything to us, so thank you. We love Amen. you guys. We love, we love redeeming love, <laughs> and <laughs> words cannot express, words cannot express um, just sitting there and like Pastor Matt said, going through just the notes and the verses and it was such a blessing. Thank you so much, so what much. What a joy. Yes. Um, but while I was here this morning and I feel like God, I know on uh, Holy Spirit Encounter Night, we've kind of just, there's been this theme flowing through the last like month to month and a half about this love of Jesus. And, you know, I don't know if that like you, but I've been saved for 30 years and you'd think, well, you must know about the love of Jesus. Um, that was a perfect thing. We really have no idea. And every time that Jesus gives us a glimpse of a new revelation of him, we just kind of go, oh, my gosh, I didn't know. I thought I knew what it was. I thought I knew, but and we better. really don't. It is not a physical love. It is so completely different. And I love this man more than I love myself and yet the love that Jesus has for me is even greater. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this. We can't put it into words. But while I was worshiping this morning, I kind of just saw these floodgates burst open. And I thought it was water that was going to come through these floodgates. And it was moving way too slow. And what I saw is, as I just started seeing it over people, was this thick, thick substance like honey and it was just pouring from the tops of the heads and coming down and it I, I could almost feel it like you know when when something heavy is is on you you can feel it kind of like pulling in on you and it's sucking and it's sticky and it's moving slow and it has it has form and it and as it was coming down over us it was taking away all of these imperfect, all of these blemishes, the love of Jesus, which is what the honey was representing, cleans us like we cannot even, we can't, we, can, we try doing it on ourselves. There's things that we're trying to get rid of or take out of ourselves, but the love of Jesus sucks those things out. And as that honey, as that love was just pouring over um, us this morning, it was cleaning out every pore. It was yeah. saturating. Yeah. And 
I only got to about here, and I kind of was like, I'm not going to be able to stand. But it was beautiful, and it was sticky. And if you know anything about honey, it doesn't come off very easily. And so I think Allison touched on this. Like, there is a, a, a bigger revelation coming. It's not going to come off easily. It is going to continue to reveal, and it's going to take its time, and it's going to saturate every pore of your being and you are not going to get rid of it easily. Not that I think that we want to get rid of it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. It's the anointing. It's the anointing of the Lord. Um, the love of God. 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 We need to position ourselves so that we are better able to receive the love of God. Some of us have issue uh, with receiving the love of God. I know this to be true. It was true for myself. We need to position ourselves in such a place that we're able to receive the love of God. Number one, we need to begin by forgiving ourselves. You need to forgive yourself. You ask God to forgive you, and he did, and you're still holding on to it. You haven't let go of it. We need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves. Did you ask God? He forgave you. Forgive yourself. Get over it and move on. We ask God for forgiveness and then we cling to it and we say, I'm no good. I did this. Even though I've asked for forgiveness. You know, God moves on from sin a lot quicker than we do. I don't want to I don't want to minimize sin because we shouldn't we should never be okay with it. But sometimes we hold on to the lingering effects far too long. Far too long. Did you ask God to forgive you? He forgave you. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. It's the first step. How are we going to forgive others if we don't first forgive ourselves? Forgive, forgive, forgive. Forgive yourself, forgive others. We need, to be, we need to receive the love of God. We need to believe what God says about us. Do you believe it? God has said certain things about you. Do you believe what he said? You're beautiful. Do you believe it? Do we believe it? I know that it's getting real quiet in here. That's all right. I'm not afraid of silence, that awkward silence. It's where you hear, it's where you hear the still small voice. You're beautiful. You're made in the image of God. You are his child. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Come on. God has given you his Holy Spirit with power and anointing. That's yours. Walk in it. Come on. Take those two things, right? Boom. We're, we're off to the races. He, 
He loves you. He loves you. He gave his life for you. You're beautiful. Who do you think you are? I've become very um, frustrated with um, insecurity. I'm not, I want to be clear, not insecure people, insecurity. Insecurity is a lie of the devil, a lie of the enemy. And I've become, I'm becoming increasingly uh, frustrated and aggravated on a point of holy anger with insecurity. So insecurity is about to go in Jesus' name. It's about to run for the hills in Jesus' name. So even now, Father, we break insecurity in Jesus' name. We identify as a child of God. I am a son of the living God. I am a co-heir with Christ. I am seated in the heavenly realm. I have all of the authority of Jesus within me. Come on. Some of you got to know who you are. Some of you need to discover who you are. Pick up your word. Go read Ephesians. Figure out who you are. Who am I? What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you would visit him? For you have, you have crowned him with glory and honor. This was God's idea to give men, women, glory and honor. It's God's idea. It's not my idea. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, a little lower than Elohim. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the word Elohim literally translated God. What? 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 <laughs> oh, man. Come on. God is good. Let the love of God overwhelm your heart. Let it overwhelm your heart. Sometimes we just need to go in to our prayer closet and we just need to let God love us. You know, uh, I've shared this a lot. I don't always share all the parts, but um, there was a period of time where I went through trials for a very long time. It was like the five-year trial. And I came out with one scripture. Consider it pure joy when you come into various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Well, he's making me real persevering and real mature real quick, right? Five-year trial. How do you make it through? By taking the position of victory. You know, I have a pair, I had a pair of shoes. I threw them away. I should have saved them. They were shoes very similar to these. And I wore all the shoe polish off the toes because they spent so much time praying on my knees and on my face. It's the position of victory. How do we get there? By coming into the presence of God, by humbling ourselves, by coming to his feet and saying, God, I just want your love this morning. God, I don't have any need, but I need you. You are the one that I want. You are the one that my heart longs for. There is nothing else in this world that satisfies the way that you satisfy. Come and visit me, Lord. Come and be with me. We were, <laughs> we were sitting at home this morning. I was there this morning or last night, and Pastor Stacy turns to me and says, what will God do tomorrow? What will God do this morning? What's God going to do at church? What's God going to do? What will he do? Come on. 
It's only going to get better and better. It's only going to get better and better. If we know one thing, walking 30 years, 50 years with the Lord, it only gets better and better. It only gets better and better and better and better and better. It only gets better. God is a God of increase. He's a God of increase and he's a God of, of abundance. Right? Whatever it was, he wants more. He gave out the, the talents to each one. Right? And then when he, when he asked for them back, he expected more. Because he's a God of increase. And he's a God of, of abundance. He took the three fishes and the four loaves and he fed the 5,000. And there was more than enough. So much so that they picked up 12 baskets of fragments that were left over. What? There was picked up more fragments than what we first began with? Yeah, that's the God of, of increase. That's the God of abundance. But he's also not a God who's wasteful. That's why they went and they picked up the leftovers. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> How did I get there? What is God doing? He's doing some amazing things. Listen, uh, okay. Just walk across the room. Here we go. I'll try. If we make it, we're okay. And if we don't, we're okay too. I don't know. How's everybody doing today? Isn't God good? Isn't God good? You know, I think that one reason why, uh, I mean, obviously the presence of God is moving because we're welcoming him. But I think one of the reasons why he's even moving more recently is because we've joined our heart with his heart. God's heart is for the lost. God's heart is for those who don't know him. And in even beginning this series, let's just walk across the room. And even in just beginning the series, they said, yes, they have my heart. That's my heart. I want, I, I came and I walked across the universe. I left heaven and I walked across the entire cosmos just to be with them. And he wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to leave our comfort zone and he wants us to just step out into the zone of the unknown and go and take the risk and talk to someone who might need to know that God loves them. And so because we've simply joined our heart with his heartbeat in this hour, we're feeling more of his presence. Is it because we have an awesome worship team? Yes. Is it because we have an awesome prayer team? Yes. Is it because of awesome preaching? Maybe. <laughs> Is it because of uh, just dedication? I mean, come on, did you guys see? You? There wasn't an empty seat in the house today. People couldn't find seats. People were standing in the back. You better just get here early. Get here early. I don't know what to tell you. God knows. All right, let's go. Let's try and get someplace today. Uh, this, today's message is discover stories. Today's message uh, goes along with chapter four. So one of the steps that we need to take in walking across the room and going and be, being with people is that we need to discover people's stories. We need to find out what makes people tick, right? And so if we're going to discover people's stories, all right, stop reading the scripture. We're not there yet. Stop, 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 stop. I thought you guys were better than that. I see your eyes. <laughs> oh, Lord. I love you guys. You guys are great. Whew. 
Jesus. Father, I pray right now, Lord, even in this moment of time, God, that you would open our hearts. And Lord, that we would have a love for the lost the way that you love the lost. God, that we would have a love for the unsaved and the unchurched the way that you love the unsaved and the unchurched. God, that you would give us a heart of compassion that goes beyond us being offended or not liking what we see in their sin. Not that we would be tolerant, but God, that we would be unmoved. God, do something in our hearts right now. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 God is giving you a heart, some of you, a heart of compassion that you've not known right now by the Spirit. He's, he's touching your heart right now, and he's giving you that heart of compassion. He's giving you that heart of mercy. Some of you, God is giving confidence right now, confidence to be able to talk to anyone about Jesus that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. It's not self-confidence, it's God confidence. He's giving you confidence in the Holy Spirit to be able to speak what he speaks to you without fear, without condemnation, without being afraid, without any reservation at all. God's giving you confidence to speak right now. God's giving some of you boldness right now. Some of you, God's giving a listening ear right now. You're going to hear, you're going to begin to hear the Spirit more than ever before. You're going to begin to hear the Spirit more than ever before about who you need to speak to, who you need to talk to. Some of you, God's opening your eyes. You're going to walk into, you're going to walk into places where there's lots of people, and God's going to open your eyes, and something's going to change and shift in your spirit, and you're going to see in your spirit who you need to go and talk to. It's going to be crystal clear. You're going to see it because God's doing something right now. Lord, change us. Change us, Lord. Make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Whew. Man, good stuff. All right, now maybe I can preach. Had to pray. Um, one of the things that we have to know is that we have to be around unsaved people. We have to make it a point to get around unsaved people. We can't lead the lost to Christ if we don't see them, if we don't hear them, if we don't talk with them, if we don't make friends with them. We can't lead the lost to Christ if we don't know where they're at. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through, I think we're going to read through 13 or 14. And Jesus, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he rose and he followed him. 
Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many, say many, tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his, his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? I think it's interesting, to, to just to note before we jump in real hard, that they separate and they make a distinction here between tax collectors and just your general sinners. <laughs> right? There's sinners, but then there's, and I'm not... <laughs> And then there's tax collectors. There are tax collectors and then there's sinners, right? And so, but Jesus hung out with them both. I don't know. I don't know why there's a distinction here. The scripture doesn't tell us why they specifically measured it out. I think all sin is sin, but somehow here in the text they said, no, there's tax collectors and then there's sinners. Jesus not only went to them, invited them along like he did with Matthew, but then he got together and he said, hey, Matthew, let's have a dinner at your house. Invite all your buddies over. All the other tax collectors in the city were like, hey, we're going to Matthew's house for dinner tonight. I don't know what's going on. And then while they were on their way, they picked up a whole bunch of other sinners, adulterers, fornicators, all these people. They all came and they were like, hey, let's just, there's something going on. We're invited. Let's go. These are our people. And here's Jesus and his disciples right in the midst of them. Jesus hung out with sinners. Now, don't make it a point to go to some place that is going to um, trip you up, that is going to be a catch for you. If you struggle in that place, don't go there. There's a hundred other people in the room. Let someone else go. If, if you struggle with lust, don't go to a strip bar. Let someone else go. There's a hundred other people in the room. If you struggle with drunkenness and gluttony, don't go to the bar. Let someone else go. There's a hundred other people in the room. There's going to be somebody in here that doesn't struggle with alcoholism or, or, or drinking too much or gluttony or whatever. So don't go into the trap thinking that you've got to go to this place where you can't handle it. No, stay away. There's other types of sinners out there. Go be around the other types of sinners. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> if you're a greedy person, don't go hang around all the greedy rich people. Go hang around the drunkards. If you're greedy and you go hang around all the greedy people, you, what are your chances? You're, 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 there's a chance that you can convert them, but there's a chance that you get tripped up. Don't play that game. Just go where you're not going to be tripped. There's all these different sins. Just don't go near the one that you're drawn to. You guys think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Uh, some of you are smiling and laughing as I'm telling you this. I don't think it's funny. <laughs> I, am <lo> <laughs> I am looking out for your life. I am looking out for the welfare of your spirit. Come on, this is my job. I'm, the, I'm supposed to watch out for your life. You're the sheep. I'm the pastor. I'm the shepherd. Don't go there. Any questions? Oh, okay, good. Moving on. <laughs> what is going on this morning? Oh, my goodness, it's good stuff. When Jesus heard what the Pharisees had said, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, and this is the point that I brought up next, last week, 
We're going to read it here in a little bit more in detail. When, he, when, he heard, when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. If the Pharisees had the right heart, what Jesus is actually saying to them is that they're healthy and that they're righteous. This is fantastic. However, their heart was not in the right place. And because of envy, it's because of envy, because he had words that drew the people and because they didn't receive Jesus for who he was, envy grew up in their hearts. This, the Bible tells us in Matthew 27, 26, that be, they turned him over, that the Jews, the Pharisees turned Jesus over because of envy. And so because of envy, they couldn't receive the words that Jesus said, that they were healthy and that they were righteous. And instead, they followed this envy and it ate them up to the point where they became murderers. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have news for you guys today. And it may come as a shock. All of you don't need Jesus. Because you already have him. Right? Amen? Amen. I mean, I think you all do. We'll, we'll pray at the end in case there isn't. <laughs> we'll do that. All of you don't need Jesus because you already have him. You're all already well. You're all already okay. You're all already in. You're all on the right track. I mean, we're, ne we're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect till we get there. But you're on the right track. You're on the right way. This is where the Bible says there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents than over 99 just persons who don't need repentance. We all got together this morning and we worshiped God and it was beautiful. And God was like, yes, this is beautiful. Look at my church. Look at redeeming love. Look at their heart. It's so for me. He was like, yes, but... I want news for you today, that, uh, that affection in God's heart, that rejoicing of the angels that was even going on this morning while we were worshiping, it's nothing compared to the fact of what happens when just one sinner repents. Little demonstration. God, we're up here, we're doing our thing this morning, we're all in, we're all in when we came in, we're all in when we came in. And God's like, oh, look at that. This is nice. Look, this is nice. Look, oh, look at these two getting along. That's wonderful. This is God up in heaven. He's enjoying this. This is great. I love when my kids get, get together. I love when my kids all get together and when they behave well together. I love it. This is great. This is great. I'm so happy. This is God, right? And then, right, there's just one person who says, I'm going to decide to follow God today. And here's God in heaven. Yeah, come on. Come on. Yes. Yeah. That's what my Bible says. 
it says more over one, what happens if there was two people that gave their life to the Lord? Oh, my Lord. I don't know. I don't know that we can handle it. I don't think I can do that demonstration. I think I might burst something. Sprain something. Is this our heart? Is this our heart? I'll, have to, I got, I'll be, 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 be totally honest with you. For the longest time, this was not my heart. For the longest time, I didn't want to really talk about getting people saved or, or talking to the unsaved. It was just like, well, no, you know, I, I'm not real good at it, and I'll just do something else. No. No. Let me ask you something. What kind of joy level do you want? Do you want to be like, oh, that's nice. Oh, like, this is nice. Or do you want to be like, yeah, come on. Because what happens is when we enter into leading others to Christ, we get to take part in the party. We get to take part in the party. <laughs> There's a party that God's throwing all of heaven's overflowing. Yeah. Because just one person gave their life to Christ. It's not because all you beautiful people are here. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. You are beautiful. But it's because of the one. Come on, just go get one more. Just go get one more. I'm just going to go get one more. I just can't help myself. God can't help himself. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority, this is Matthew 28. You guys know the story. You're going to know where we're at. Read the scripture all the time. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Discipleship, discipling the nations. Let me re finish reading the scripture. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the teaching and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all of the things that I have commanded you. Discipleship begins with bringing them in. The problem we have The problem we run into oftentimes in Christian circles is that we get busy and we get consumed trying to disciple one another. <laughs> I see this with young people, and I'm not picking on young people, but older people have kind of like either worn themselves out on the idea or uh, they've just kind of learned and moved on. Uh, but I see this often with younger people where they try to disciple their friends who need the same discipling that they need. Whereas, you know, you, good bench point is just find somebody that's like five years younger than you in the Lord. Find somebody that's 10 years younger than you in the Lord. I haven't been saved for 10 years. There you go. <laughs> Get some discipleship before you start trying to disciple somebody. Maybe you're, it may, you haven't figured it all out. You haven't learned it yet. Just go start grabbing people and getting them here. That might be the step that you're on right now. Just grab other people and start getting them here. The problem, what happens is if we're just all trying to disciple one another in here, I'm going to teach this person, this person's going to teach that person, this one teaches, teaching, 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 teaching. We're just all teaching one another. No, go get somebody new. 
go get somebody new. Like, add to the flock. Add to the flock. Get somebody, get some fresh blood in here. You, you don't have anybody to disciple? Go get somebody off the street and start teaching them. Those are the people that need what you know. <laughs> someone, someone sits in the church and they're like, I could teach the pastor something. What? Go, go, teach, go get somebody on the street. Go get somebody who doesn't know God and start teaching them what you know. That's the person. I mean, if you're actually in that prideful position, maybe you shouldn't be teaching at all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> A little bit. Discipleship begins with reaching people who are far from God. This verse, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all those people that don't know me. Baptize them. That's one of your first steps in getting saved. And then teach them to observe everything that I've commanded you. I love scripture. I have news for you. When you go out and you find people that don't know God, they're going to be sinners. I know, I know, it's shocking. And here's the shocking part about the fact of them being sinners. They have sin in their life. I know, I know. They have sin in their life. Because why? Because they're sinners. What do sinners do? They sin. I mean, I think it's self-explanatory, but I think we forget this sometimes. So when you see someone and they're cursing like a sailor, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid or offended. They're just, they're just doing what the world does. Sin. You know, when you see people and they're, they're gluttonous or they're envious or they've got all of the, you know, they can't buy enough stuff. Right? Don't, don't try and correct them. They don't need your correction. You know what they need? They need the love of God. They need the love of God. I think we're ready for the next scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let me jump ahead. Yeah, okay. I jumped way ahead. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 through 23. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Why did he do it? Because he wants to lead people to Jesus. That I might win the more, that I might lead them to Christ. And to the Jews, I became a Jew that I might win the Jews. And to those under the law, I became as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as being without the law, not being without the law towards God, but under the law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak, I became weak, to the, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might, by all means, save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. What's Paul saying? He's like, listen. When I hang around with people in South Troy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a South Troy person. When I hang around people in North Troy, I'm going to be a North Troy person. When I hang around people in downtown, I'm going to be downtown. When I hang, up, hang around up in Brunswick, I'm going to be Brunswick. Wherever it is, wherever, wherever I go, I'm going to look the part. I'm going to be the part. I'm going I'm to I'm be what they need so that they can hear me. 
if I were to go out at the way that I'm dressed right now and go to a biker rally and start talking to the bikers, what would I get? Beat up. I'd get beat up and I'd get thrown out. I'd get beat up and I'd get thrown out. It didn't matter what I was saying. I could have been saying like, yo, man, that's an awesome ride. Nothing would be like, out of here. What do you know? What do you know? Two punches, I'd be down. Maybe one. But if I had my, you know, thick leather jacket with chains hanging and, you know, my jeans that are bigger than this and, you know, my riding boots, which I don't have most of this stuff. But I looked the part and I walked in People will be like, sup. <laughs> sup. And then the conversation can start. So sometimes I just got to, and I'm not saying that we need to become anything. What I'm saying is that there's a certain people that you're going to be able to reach. I'm not saying that we put on a face. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not about to go out and buy a biker outfit. I don't even know the lingo. I have no clue. No clue. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be myself. And sometimes I might need to be bold. Sometimes I might need to be bold like Peter. Sometimes I might need to be, um, have mental prowess the way Paul did. Right? I may need to be able to explain things. Hey, this is what salvation is really about. This is the love of God. This is what it looks like. This is why this isn't true. This is why that's not. Right? Sometimes we may need to have that mental prowess to be able to bring people to discussions, to bring them to a deeper understanding. Sometimes it's just we need to just be friends. Right? Jesus just went in, and he was just there, and he knew people, and he was able to speak to their hearts, transform their lives, open them up. He'd take their heart and be like, Phew. There we go. Let's go. Here's the love. Bang. We can't all do that. Sometimes we just need to invite people. Sometimes it's just as simple as us saying, hey, come to church with me. Sometimes the fruit's hanging that low. We went to go pick apples. We went to go pick apples uh, earlier this week. And some of the apples were, hang the trees were cut real short. So some of the apples were right here, you know. That's low-hanging fruit. I don't have to climb a ladder to get it. It's not hard. Some of them were way up high. and I, I, we, There weren't ladders there, so I had to pick my wife up. And I held her up, and she, was, she could grab the apples. Now, the ones near the top, they were a little bit bigger. They were a little bit better fruit because not everybody there was able to pick up their partner, apparently. <laughs> That's all right. We were able to get the fruit from the top. It was a little bit bigger. But sometimes there's some low-hanging fruit. And I'll tell you what, the apples down at the bottom that were maybe not quite as big, they tasted just as good as the ones up at the top. Made an apple pie out of it. You can't tell the difference. You can't tell the ones from the, ones from the top from the ones from the bottom when they're in that apple pie. Put a little bit of sugar, you put a little bit of cinnamon on them, bake them in the oven for a little bit, boom. I don't care where they came from. You can pick top, bottom, middle, anywhere. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we can... Sometimes we can just serve people. Sometimes we lead people to Christ simply by serving them, by meeting felt needs. Sometimes, and we're going to talk about this more in an upcoming chapter, we lead people to Christ because of our testimony. This is what God did for me. This is what God did for me. So we'll look at that in a new chapter. God's created you to be you. So be yourself when you're witnessing. 
Be yourself when you're sharing the love of God. Don't be someone else. And don't try to be a Jew to a Jew if you're not Jewish. And don't try to be under the law if you're not under the law to be lawful. And don't, just don't do it. Like, I just, just be you. Just be yourself. You know why? Do you know why? Because people can see through veils that we put up. So if you go in and you be fake, people are going to be like, they're so fake. I don't want any part of that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have time in my life for being I don't have time in my life for people being fake. Luke 19. We're almost done, I promise. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now there, now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. Okay. <laughs> we already realized that we have to separate out tax collectors from your average run-of-the-mill sinners. And now... He's, this guy's a chief tax collector, right? It's not just enough that we call him a tax collector. He's a chief tax collector. As if tax collector wasn't bad enough, we're going to slap another label there on the front. This guy's the chief, a chief tax collector. He's an even bigger sinner. And he was rich. Oh, and he was rich. <laughs> uh, and he sought to see Jesus. He sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. He's a short man. So he ran ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he was going to pass by that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus and he said to him, you're a sinner. You're a chief tax collector. And I know what you've done, and I know how much money you've stolen. Isn't that what it says? But sometimes this is the way that we're trying to share the love of God, right? <laughs> you're a sinner. You keep living like that, you're going to hell. I don't, I don't know that there's one recorded inference anywhere of Jesus ever doing that, except with the Pharisees, and we already talked about their heart, and we already talked about the fact that he tried to call them righteous and holy and healthy, and they didn't receive it. If we think we're going to go in, and we're going to be pointing out people's sin, and we're going to lead them to Christ, guys, we're completely mistaken. We've completely missed the mark, and that's not at all how Jesus did it. That's not at all how Jesus did it. We're to follow his example. Are they sinners? Yeah, I know they're sinners. Do they sin? Yeah, I know they're sin. That's why we call them sinners. But we don't need to point that out to them. They actually already know. <laughs> I'll share. I get talking to people, and they find out that I'm a pastor. I don't go to church. The building will fall in on me. Why would they say that? I mean, I, we've had some pretty rough people in here. This building hasn't fallen down, so you're safe. Why would they say that? Because they know they're sinners. What do we think we're doing when we're pointing it out? In their mind, we're just passing judgment. I know you're trying to be helpful, but you're not. Because they already know. They already know. Yeah, guys, here's the news flash. In case you don't know, they already know. Tell, say it with me. They already know. 
What do they know? That they're sinners. They already know that they're sinners. You don't need to tell them. He came and he looked up at Zacchaeus and he said, he didn't tell, he didn't tell him how much of a, a cheater he was and he didn't tell him how much of a sinner he was, that he was a chief tax collector. He simply said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today, I must stay at your house. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. He's walking along. He's got the entourage, right? There's, it's, a, it's a parade for all sorts of other things, right? He's got his 12 disciples and the others that are traveling with him. There was more than 12 that were traveling. So he's got his whole band of guys and they're moving down the thing. And there's a crowd gathered around, right? You go to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, right? There's millions of people gathered around. There's people gathered around. So much so that Zacchaeus can't see because he's a short guy. And there's this whole big crowd. Jesus is walking through. There's this parade going on. Zacchaeus gets this great idea. I'm going to go climb a tree. I'm going to go get up high so that I can see this man. I want to I lay my eyes on this guy. Who is he? I want to know. Zacchaeus is walking along. Comes to the point. He sees Zacchaeus. He says, hey. Hey, you. I'm going to go to your house. Come on, let's go. But Jesus, he's a chief tax collector. As if tax collector wasn't bad enough, he's a chief tax collector. I'm going to stay at your house. I'm going to go to your house. So he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. But when the people saw it, they all complained, saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said, Lord, said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. I'll tell you what's going on right here. Zacchaeus is becoming poor quick. He was rich. He's becoming poor quick. He said he's giving half of what he's got away. All right, so pick a number. Half a million dollars. He's given $500,000 away to the poor. And now, if I've stolen anything from anyone, which is the way that tax collectors got rich, and he was rich, if I've stolen anything from anyone, I'm going to pay back four times what I've stolen. He ain't got that much money. Why? Because the money that he's got, he got from stealing. And so if he's going to pay back four times, he doesn't have enough dough. He's going broke quick. You can change the numbers, make him have more money, but that only means that he stole more money. <laughs> There's no way he's not going poor. I will restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Zacchaeus didn't get saved because he gave money, just to be clear. Zacchaeus' giving of the money was revealing of what, what the change that took place in his heart. He was a thief. He was a chief tax collector. 
And tax collectors that got rich didn't get rich because of their job or because of their pay. They got rich because they stole. They charged more in taxes than what the people actually owed, and then they kept the surplus for themselves. So now, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Uh, so now he's saying, I'm giving it all away. I, I fought and I scrapped and I scraped and I became the best and I became the chief and they put me in the head and they put me in charge of everything and now I'm giving it all away. I've worked my entire life for this and I'm giving it away. He had a change of heart. He could care less. He saw Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus. The one who, I don't know who this man is, but I want to look. And when Jesus spoke, he said, I'm coming to your house. And when Jesus said, I'm going to stay at your house, there was a transformation that happened in Zacchaeus' heart. And at that moment, he got saved. And this is why he comes down. He says, I'm giving it all away. What happened to the sin? I don't even care. That, that's not who I am anymore. Zacchaeus had this awesome transformation in a moment. That's not who I am anymore. As a matter of fact, I don't need any of this money. Here, have it. Take it. Go. Be. And us, what happens is sometimes we come to God, we come to Christ, and we're still like, I'm, I'm, I used to do this. And we hang on to our sin forever. No. No, you are a new creation in Christ. Let go of who you are. You're not a sinner anymore. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Learn who you are. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to warn you. You start giving stuff away. Or whatever. I mean, that's just his story because that's who he was. Jesus didn't come and say, hey, you can't come in because you're a chief tax collector. Hey, you can't come in because you're a thief. Hey, you can't come in because I know what's in your heart. Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. Jesus decided to build a bridge rather than build a wall. We need to learn to build bridges instead of walls. For far too long as the church, we've put up walls and we said, you can't come in here for this. You can't come in here for that. I'm against this. I'm against that. I'm against this. I'm against that. I'm against, this is, it's a song. I'm against this and I'm against that. And I'm against this and I'm against. No. Break the record. I don't care what you're against. People don't care. They, they know what you're already against. What they don't know and what you've been sent by Jesus to tell them is that Jesus loves them. They already know that they're a sinner. They don't want to walk into the place because the building's going to fall in on them because they're such a bad sinner. But the message that you've been entrusted with is that Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them. People don't need to be told that they're sinners. People, they're well aware of that. What they need to know is how much they are loved by God. How much when they, that they are loved by God. When they are impacted by God's love, they will make amends for that which they have done wrong. Zacchaeus did it. When the love of God actually touches your heart. When the love of God actually gets in there. The love of God that we were praying for this morning. The love of God that we were trying to enter into this morning. When that love comes and it hits us square in our heart, there's no way we don't repent. There's no way we don't do what Zacchaeus did and just give it all away. There's no way we don't do that. Why? Because there are pleasures forevermore at his right hand. And once you've tasted, once you've tasted, there's no cost too great. 
There's no cost too great. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. There's no yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I don't know what the question is, but yes, I'm going. Sign me up. I'll do it. I don't know what I have to do, but I'm in. Why? Because that's who he is. He's that good. He's that good. And we've only just begin, and we've only just begun to touch the hem of his garment of his goodness. We've only just begun to touch the hem of the garment of his goodness. We've only just begun to discover the little bit of who God is and how much he loves us. We've only just begun. <laughs> and the ocean is deep and the ocean is vast and it's wide. And once we get in to the love of God, all bets are off. Telling you, man, I just, I'm a presence junkie at this point. I just can't get enough. There'll never be enough. I don't know. I don't know. Look me up when we get to heaven. I'll be close to the throne. I don't know how close I'll be able to get, but that's where I'm headed. I don't know if that's, I don't know if it works that way, but if I can, I'm going straight for it. When I fall down, I'll get back up. I'll take another step. And then when I fall down, I'll get back up and I'll take another step. And I'm just going to keep pressing into more of his glory. Because I just want to see more of his glory. I just. <laughs> There's a place where he wants to bring all of us. You're all invited. Everyone. All of us. We're all invited to go. It's an open invitation. Come. 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 Come as you are. Why can you come as you are? Because his presence transforms just by coming close, you just start throwing things away. Some of you going home right now, you're going to start throwing things away. I'm not, I'm not joking. Some of you going home right now, you're going to throw things away. I don't know what it is. This week, I will be myself when sharing Christ. So listen, we're going through this book step by step. We're, this, I, I, I read this book years ago, reread it when we did it as a small group years ago, reread it last year as I was getting ready to do this, and now I'm rereading it again, so I don't know how many times I've read it. This book is fantastic. I can't believe that it's out of print. Like, why would they stop printing this? This book is fantastic. The keys that are here, spirit-filled Led by the Holy Ghost evangelism? It doesn't get any better than that, guys. It just doesn't get any more exciting than that. The, the simple steps that are here to help point people to faith in Christ, I'm telling you, just when we're done reading it, read it again. Read each chapter twice. I don't know, just figure it out. This is, this is it. This is good stuff. This week, be yourself when you're sharing Christ. Be yourself. Don't try and be someone else. Don't try and be me, right? Because it's going to fail for you. You know what? I'm just myself. Number two, build bridges instead of walls. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. So don't build a wall. Build a bridge. Hey, you need to come. You need to come. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. That's okay. Jesus is okay with it. He knows all about it. And he'll forgive you if you ask. You don't know. You don't know what I've done. doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus has taken in worse than you. He has. He will again. He took me in. You don't know who I was. 
I may look good now. I'm still a work in progress. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you to do that right now. I don't ever want to pass up an opportunity to invite someone into this relationship. Like I've already said, there's more joy in heaven over one person who decides to follow God than 99 persons who came in not needing him. And so if there's just one person here today that wants to accept Christ, we want to rejoice with you. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up. I know we don't normally do that. But if you're here today and you want to accept Christ, I just want you to slip your hand up. We want to pray. We're all in. We're all in. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. God, I pray that we would be soul winners, Lord. God, that we would be those who would share the gospel with others. God, that we, God, would have your heart for those that don't know you. God, I pray right now, God, that we would come to a deeper understanding of who you are. God, move in our hearts. Help us to see you, feel your love, and share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen.